Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. So this morning as, we, as we're having Father's Day, it would only be appropriate for a father in the house to share. So Pastor Franz, thank you. Please come and share with us the Word of God. Shall I pray for you? Father, we thank you, Lord, as we hear your word this morning. Thank you for transformation. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Am I on? Great. Okay. Wow, what a privilege to be here this morning with the church. Thank you so much, Pastor Hilma, Pastor Chris, elders, and the church for just honoring us this morning. And uh, it's really special. It means a lot to us. Thank you so much. And uh, like all of us supposed to be, we are just servants of the Lord. Okay. We have done in the past what we needed to do, what we could do, and what the Lord graced us for to do. And, uh, and the grace of the church, church to allow us to make mistakes along the way. But I think the important thing that we learned is to just embrace the journey of life and not look at the glorious end where we want, want to be one day, but just day by day enjoy the journey with the Lord and, and grow in the Lord because the Lord enjoys his journey with us. Okay. So thank you so much again. All right. Just want to say thank you, darling, for standing together and uh, yeah <laughs> so um, this morning I just want to honor the father okay and uh, I don't intend to have a long preach this morning okay, just say my say and that's it okay um, I want to honor the fathers this morning because you guys are amazing okay Fatherhood is one of the most fundamental uh, place or, or thing that makes life happen, really. Just as marriage is very important, fatherhood is equally important. Okay. I want to honor you this morning because, first of all, you guys laid down your life for your wife. Okay to become the husband, to be committed, to learn, to be faithful. All these traits that is required to be a good husband, a, a good father to your children. Okay? And that commitment, which is not easy, walking the walk together with your wife has its challenges. Okay? It has its conflicts. It has its great times. It's a shaping together which makes family happen. And fatherhood is really the foundation of life, really. Okay. If you think of it, uh, Abram was called the father, father of many nations, father of faith. That means he was the foundation of those nations, which we still today call him father. We don't say Father Moses. Okay. He did not carry that weight of a father 
of a founder of a foundation of nations and foundation of faith. Okay. Moses was a theologian. Okay. He was a teacher of the law. Okay. But Abraham, I think it was a much higher call, actually, to be the foundation, actually, of our faith today. Okay. So fathers, you play that important role in the family to be the very foundation to your children and your children carrying the legacy on from generation to generation. Okay. I don't want to put a heavy burden and say, you are responsible for what's going to come after you. I think it's a grace from the Lord that is on you to be the fathers that you need to be to your children. And I want to encourage the wives, let your husband be the father to your children that he needs to be. Father and mother is quite different. So if a father acts like a mother, something is wrong. Okay? They are different. Okay? <laughs> and they need to fulfill each one their role. Mother is more a comforter. Okay? But the father is the one that gives direction, that gives correction, that keeps the children on the right path, okay? prepares them for life. A mother wants a moment to be right. A father wants a life to be right, which is long-term view. The father has a long-term view for their children which a mother doesn't necessarily have. That's why it's so important that father and mother is together in the family. And the devil knows that. He's attacking fathers. We talk about a fatherless generation. That's devastating to a nation. It breaks down a nation. Let me just read um, Malachi 4, verse 6. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. First of all, Jesus' mission coming on earth was to bring his kingdom there, starting with restoring family, restoring fatherhood to the children and turning the children to the fathers. When do children best turn to the fathers? When the fathers have the right approach to the children. If children are scared of the father, they're probably not going to approach the father to, to be accepted, to be loved. Okay. That's why fatherhood, it actually comes from the very heart of God. God the Father. That's why where do we know how to be fathers? Where do we learn to be fathers? Now we can look at different people doing good things, but it's looking at the outward things when we look at people. When you look at Anne and myself, you just see us outwardly. You don't know what's really in there. You don't know how we do family at home, okay? Because we have good things and we have flaws, okay? So where do we look? Look at the Father in heaven. 
the Father in heaven is our role model to be good fathers here on earth. That means we are taking on the nature of God. If we want to become a better father, we need to get deeper into God and get to know his nature more. Now the Bible helps us, but it's not just the Bible, it's not the letter. It's actually to get into the heart of God and to know him and to live it out towards our children. Now fathers, at home we cannot fake. Okay. When we come to church, we still can fake. We still can pretend to be right and to look good. It's not working at home. Okay. <laughs> Children know when you are not real. Children know when you put up a show. Okay. They won't say anything, but they know. Because they know you. They know what's in there. Close family. We know one another intimately. So there's no room for playing games. Okay? You have to be who you are. And you have to make peace with who you are. Okay? Don't try to be the perfect father because there is no perfect father here on earth. But get to close as possible to the father in heaven and display that heart to your family and to, to your children. So, so the fathers represent the image of God. Now in our society, what's happening? Fathers are making children and run away and leave the mothers alone. That's already a set up from the devil, right there. Fathers, they leave the town to go to work for months, they are away from home, not seeing their children. Who is going to be the father of those children? The mother has to rise up and take the, the position of a father and a mother, which is mission impossible. A mother is not a father. You're trying your best, but something is missing there. An important element in the family is missing. Now the Lord can turn all the negative into good. I want to commend single mothers today and say, Mothers, well done for taking up the punch, taking up the responsibility, and give your all to raise your children. And the grace of God will impart into the children that element of a father. So you are not alone. You are not lost. So, when we grow up, our image of God depends on the image of the father. Okay. How was my father? That's probably how God is. Okay. Now, that is serious stuff for us as father. That's a children see God the way they see me. Okay? I had a harsh father. 
a father that I was afraid of for the first, I don't know how many years, okay, <laughs> which gave me the image, God is a harsh God. He wants me to do everything right, otherwise I'm in trouble. And when I'm not doing right, I'm lost. I'm not favored by the Lord anymore. The Lord is turning away from me. Okay. Sometimes you think, that because the father has such a high standard for the children, God expects so much of me. I can never reach what God wants me actually to do. I always fall short of pleasing God. Okay. And we are trying hard and pushing to please God. And we always feel like, I'm failing in this. I just feel, when I reach a certain standard, God is still so much higher and expects more of me. Why? Because my father expected so much of me. When you did good in school, maybe, instead of affirming, he said, okay, you still can do better. Okay, just push a bit more. <laughs> and that's the image often that we have of God. That's why God often seems so far away, because we never can match up with him. It's a wrong image of God. And he takes us years to make up for it, to catch up with it, and we need seminars upon seminars and healing sessions upon healing sessions just to make up for those shortcomings and God coming into our lives and bring healing. Many times so unnecessary. Your ministry, first and foremost, is your children. Not church. Okay. You can do great in ministry, but if your children fall short, you have lost it. You have missed it. Okay. Father's not available. That means whenever I go need, when I need God, He is not available. He's not there. He's busy with other stuff. A wrong image of God. Abusive. God, you know, a lot of bad things happen in my life. God just allows me to have all this bad experience. He probably even enjoys when I have bad experiences. It's a wrong image of God. Not seeing the goodness of God in every situation in our life. Okay. Many times fathers are not interested in the lives of their children. I can't remember that I was once playing with my father in my life. Okay. He was in his world. I was in my world. I better behave when he was around. But no interaction. No relationship. Never playing with me. Never even holding me. Okay. So what kind of image do I have of God? He is not interested in me. I, I just have to, you know, coming from the Catholic Church, best place is to go into the church, be on my knees there, and, and try to get that attention from God. Because when I'm out of church, he's not interested in me anyway. 
<laughs> so it all comes down to our identity. Our identity often is so broken because our fathers on earth did not portray our Father in heaven. And what happened? And it follows us through life. I'm sure every one of you sometimes think, what went wrong in my life? Why am I not like this? And why am I not like that? And what did my father do to me? And it's interesting. I don't ask, what did my mother do for me? The question is, what did my father do to me? How would things have turned out if my father was like this and like that and like that? And I found out, actually, it's an irrelevant question. Why questions never get answered? Now, what did the Father in heaven do? He said, Jesus, you're saying, give all that stuff to me. Let's start from scratch. I give you a new life. Therefore, don't even think about what went wrong in your life. Take the hand of God. We move forward together. Okay. We are building together. Okay. My identity gets restored what it should be. And there is no blame on my father. In my latter days, I had a good relationship with my father, not counting anything against him. And sometimes the devil still wants to come and remind me, and I just say, just take a hike. There's no place here. It's all lies. Okay. So what, going a little bit into... Um, what, are, are we, what do we do? How do we handle our children? What is our role as a father? Okay. Now there are two distinctions I want to make. That is small children and big children. Two completely different scenarios. Now when the children grow big, you are still the father. It's not going to stop. Okay. But when they are small, we think that's the most important Season, and yet I agree, it's the most important season to build our <laughs> firm foundation for our children in the first seven or so years, continuing. Okay, very important. So we as fathers, we teach our children. That means fathers sit down with your children and have devotion with them on daily basis. Read the word of God with them. It's not the mother's job, it is the father's job. If you are too busy in life to teach your children, there is something wrong in life. We are there to correct, we are there to discipline, okay? We discipline like our father in heaven disciplines. With a lot of love. Sometimes we don't like it. Sometimes it feels like, Ina, 
It's too hard. It's too harsh. I can't take it anymore. Just hold on, hey, Father. Just hold on a bit. I need to recover a bit. But those are important times. And that is the job of the Father. Not just to say it's okay, like we saw in the drama earlier on. It's okay. Just do. Just go. Our fa we as fathers are there to give direction, to lay those foundations of life. We are there to encourage. Okay. Encourage. One encouragement does more to a child than ten reprimands. Okay. You affirm a child of what it was going to do, good, it will continue to pursue what was good. If you always remind them of what is bad and not good, eventually they lose hope. Okay. Because they can't get it right. Affirmation, encouragement, more than anything else. Okay. Imparting life skills. Taking time. Now that's probably more the mother sitting down with a little child, drawing, okay, learning how to coordinate the fingers. But also fathers, involve your children with work. Okay. Now I'm not talking about child abuse here. Okay. <laughs> but they need to learn to work. If a child grows up until school is finished and has never learned to work, where should the child get that culture of being effective in life and work hard? It starts small. Okay? And they don't like it. You can teach a child, let's do the dishes together. Okay? Doesn't have to be a grown-up to learn to do dishes. Oh, let's do the bed. Or little chores. Help in the garden. I'm going to pull out some weeds. Come help me. Okay? Or when you fiddle around on the car, get your boys <laughs> and work on the car with them. It might take you twice as long <laughs> to finish a job. But that's relationships. That's helping them to learn skills for life. I know I have fallen short on those things many times. So I'm not talking from a position of being a perfect father. Mark and... Jonathan, you are here. Please forgive me for my shortcomings. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the things that we teach our children, this is laying foundations. Okay? Now, when the children grow up, that's where the test comes. Are the foundations holding or are they cracking? Are things falling through the crack? Are they not Handling life because they don't have the foundations. Now, to a degree, my children got good foundation. In other areas, there's a lack, okay? So the Lord needs to help a little bit to build up again, okay? But the test is coming. Parents, you cannot keep the children under control until you die. And tell them what to do. You lay the foundations and they have to make life happen. Okay? And that's a test of how well you built. Okay? And it is hard. See, the easy thing for fathers is to teach a small child. Because a small child has to do what you say. 
Okay? That is the easy part, really. And if you think of it, that's what God was doing with Adam. God was teaching them first right from wrong, and they had, he had to obey. Not, under, not even reasoning, just don't eat of that tree. Okay, got it, I don't eat of that tree. Learning right from wrong. Because if they don't learn that, how must they know what is wrong? You have to tell them don't lie. Don't cheat. Okay. When you write a test in school, don't look by your neighbor. Okay. <laughs> don't be violent. Don't beat other children up. If you don't tell them how much they know they shouldn't do these things. So that is when they are small. Now when they grow big, like in the prodigal son, that father had grown up children. Now the hard part was starting. The son coming, say, I want to leave. And the father had to release him to leave. Even though he knew this guy has a lot of issues in his life. <laughs> That's what God was doing. He, he created us in his image. And he gave it over to Adam, to us, and released. And said, you got the free will. You can choose. I give it over to you. Now in our human thinking, we think that probably was the biggest mistake God ever made. To give man a free will. Because all our troubles in the world is because man has a free will and can choose to do whatever they want to do. And it's a lot of trouble, okay? But that's, if you laid a good foundation, and the child has grown up, now I'm not talking about a 15-year-old child, okay? You don't just release a 15-year-old, say, <laughs> go ahead and do whatever you want. It's a process. It starts maybe from the age of 13, until the age of above 20, where they need a lot of guidance and processing until finally you release. release. The difficult part of it is you're losing control over your children. <laughs> now, if we look at the two sons of this father in the parable, the older one was working in the field he was working for his father. What was missing? Relationship. He tried to do everything right. That happens when we control big children. They are outwardly, they do everything to look right. In, uh, inwardly, there is a lot of rebellion. Okay? Trying to do things. Even with God, we say, I'm working for God. <laughs> that means I'm trying hard to do everything right for God so that he can be pleased with me. I think that's rubbish. Because as soon as we accepted Jesus and we became a new creation, we became fully acceptable. We don't have to labor to be acceptable anymore. That was missing in that old brother's life. He worked for the father, but not with the father. The younger one said, I had enough of this. I'm just honest about it. <laughs> 
Let me go. But he was actually on the better path. Because he was honest. How he felt. And he made choices about... Honest choices. And he, he spoke straight out. And he left. And when he came to himself, when things got difficult, and came back to the Father, what was he doing? He was working with the Father on the farm. He was no longer working for him. It was a togetherness. The father said, everything, to the older son, he said, everything I have is yours. And he doesn't, didn't understand it. He could not relate to it. But the younger one could understand. I'm in my father's house. I'm with the father. We do things together. When I worked on a farm back in Germany, I worked for three years with a Mennonite <coughs> family. Those people know how to live family. Okay. I often thought, these children are cheeky to the father. But actually what they were doing, they were reasoning together. They were thinking together. How do we do best things based on the farm? The father was hearing the children. He didn't just say, no, it's like this. Okay. They were working together. The children, even though they were of age of six, between 16 and 20 at the time, they embraced the farm and worked as if it was their own. A great example to me of fatherhood, of being together, of being one. So, in him, all that matters is relationship. Our relationship with the Father in heaven, our relationship with the children at our home. Okay. In him we live and move and have our being. Okay. Everything comes out of him. He in me, I in him. And that's where the work comes out. Okay. That's where labor comes out. Not for the sake of labor, it's a togetherness. Jesus says, have faith in me. He's not saying, believe in me. The devil also believes Jesus is there. Okay. Have faith in me. That means what I understand. Be in me. That's where your faith comes from. Okay. A life in me is a life of faith. Okay. Have faith in me. Okay. That's what the father does. As a father, I trust my children. They do things different in these days than what I used to do things. And that's fine. And when they're in trouble, they come back. Okay. Sometimes they have questions. Sometimes they need support. Okay. Now I'm open there, I'm still father and say, okay, let's see what we can do here. How can we fix this? Okay. But I'm not saying, deserves you right, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's now again, we release, we stand back and we are available still. Just like our father in heaven always is available to us. We are never lost. We are never forsaken. We are never alone. Hallelujah. I want to stop here.
speaking. Let's just pray. Father, I just want to thank you this morning for all the fathers that are here, Lord. I want to thank you, Father, that you have deposited into each one what is needed to raise the children. Thank you for your grace that is there for, for the fathers, whether young fathers or old fathers. Father, your grace is there always. I pray, Father, that you help us to understand your heart more and more. That our relationship in you is so deep that it will flow out to our own children. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Help us to take on the nature of Jesus and to become more like you. Thank you for your grace. Father, I want to bless the Father this morning. Father, I pray that you embrace them this morning. Let your blessing rest on them. Let your peace rest on them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.